0: all right welcome 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 we are back you're listening to the healy and bailey notebook my name is mitchell bailey i'm here alongside my colleague josh healy and today we have on a special guest daniel clark the uh, newly drafted goalkeeper for the halifax wanderers daniel how you doing
1: hey guys yeah thanks for having me on i'm doing very well appreciate you uh taking the time to chat with us here man so where are you at right now you're back home uh yeah so right now i'm uh back home with family so right now living in um, Guelph Ontario so uh, just over here for Christmas break um, right before I go back to, to school again for a second semester. Nice and uh, yeah so you, so growing up you
0: you're from the UK originally right so yeah, when correct. did you move over to, to Guelph and and kind of take me through what it was like when did you start playing football and uh, yeah just tell us the origin story.
1: Yeah, so um, obviously I was uh, born in a place called Milton Keynes, which is about I'm gonna say like an hour and fifteen minute drive from London. Um, so yeah, kind of like the origin story. I've always loved football. I've I've never not had a ball on me at, uh, at all times, even when I was like a young kid. Um, so obviously being back home in England, it's it's massive back there. The uh, uh, the insight of the sport is just on a whole nother level in terms of like, <laughs> like on, on, like, a from like a fan base perspective. Um, so it was very easy for me to kind of slip into falling in love with the sport. Um, so I started playing football when I was about three years old. Um, just played it for fun. You know how kids do. Um, and then I was actually recruited at nine years old, um, from a scout, uh, from a team called Northampton town, who I believe, a right now in league one, um, back home in the EFL. Uh, so they've been there for a few years now and then, yeah, so I spent most of my youth career growing up in sort of like a professional environment. We were treated as pros and, um, and all this stuff. And yeah, the family ended up moving to Canada at the age of 12. So I kind of took my talents abroad.
0: What was the, uh, well, like in comparison to developing over in England in the earlier phases of your career, you know, w- were there some standout differences once you kind of, like you said, took your talents abroad and and, and experienced what it was
1: like to play in Canada at a young age? Um, so the the systems work very differently back home compared to Canada, or at least from, from my perspective, at least. Um, obviously being in an academy when I was, a, when I was younger, um, like I said before, we were treated like pros. So we would train all the time. I think uh, pretty much every day, um, have a game on the weekend and we do a bunch of film session as well. Um, and that's where I feel like that kind of helped me excel um, in terms of like my IQ of the game. I was even at like nine, Yeah, they had you in like a classroom for two and a half hours, um, uh, either before or after training, just going over game film, whether that's our games, uh, our opponents' games, or like even comparing, um, like the Premier League level um, in terms of what do the pros do, um, and seeing where we can learn for them as well. So I feel like there there aren't many differences in terms of that side of thing in uh, between like England and Canada. It's all relatively the same. Like when I moved, um, I'd say the only difference is we had fewer sessions in terms of training um like we weren't as heavy as we were back home and i guess that's to that's to be expected but when i came and moved here we kind of did the same thing as well like um i w- uh, i grew up here playing in woodbridge um so um kind of around like the league 1 ontario system um mm-hmm. so we would also do like film sessions and they would treat us uh, as best as they could with with whatever they could provide us so um even when i was like uh 15 16 they were they were doing the same thing so yeah uh there's not there's not too many stand-up differences if i'm being honest like the system here is pretty good
2: well I, I was about to ask though with all of that intensive training as you mentioned that you did uh overseas you know you must have had a leg up when you came over here did you you know stand out uh pretty pretty quickly when when you joined uh uh, your, your club in Ontario or what was that like transitional process like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, I think you can tell, um, one of my like earliest memories of moving was I actually was invited to uh, a goalkeeper session, um, before I actually moved to the, uh, to the team. And you could, I don't know, you can just tell, I think from like a fundamental standpoint, um, you could tell I had like a solid foundation in terms of like, and I'm not trying to like dive into like, like goalkeeper specifics right now. Um, but like just my shape and my technique in terms of like handling, because that's pretty much what you would work on every day back home was repetition after repetition of just handling technique. And that's what I felt has built such a good kind of foundation for me. And that's where I could kind of tell, okay, yeah, this is like the major standpoint, uh, standout point from, uh, from like comparing myself to others.
0: No, that I I read that um in your teenage years you ended up going back to the UK, right? The trial with yeah. a couple clubs. I think I read it yeah. was what Stoke, Port
1: Vale, and Leicester City as as a teenager. How did those opportunities yeah. come about? Um, so I kind of just wanted to. So basically, back home when you reach the age of like sixteen, um, they have a system and they call you scholars, or so they offer you a, they offer you a scholarship. So basically. What would happen is you are pretty much pro twenty four seven, but they also school you as well. So literally, either before, so you'll have your training session in the morning, and then you'll um, go in and they'll bring in like a teacher um, for for your schooling, and you'll sit in a classroom in the facility, Um, and then after after the classroom session, you'll go back out and have another session. So I was around that age and obviously I was aware of um, that kind of system. And I wanted to try and dive back into that um, after spending a bit of time in Canada. Um, and I had most success at uh, Port Vale. Um, I was actually offered um, a scholarship, but I actually decided to turn it down just because of, I didn't really want to live away from my mum and dad and my two younger brothers. Um, at such a young age, I felt like that would have been a big step. And Port Vale is located near Stoke City. So from where I, it's a bit of a drive um, for my family as well, it's about two and a half hours. Um, so I don't know, I didn't really feel like I was kind of ready to live on my own at that point. Um, but yeah, it was a an overall really good experience. Obviously, I got to tra- uh, train at, at Leicester and, and Stoke before that, which was like a phenomenal experience and then ended up getting to train with the actual first team of Fort Vale so which was pretty massive at the time considering I was 16 and I was only on trial so they were they were quite impressed there um so yeah I had a, I had a really good time out there.
2: What what goes through your mind when as you said you're training with the first team at su- such a young age right so you're, you're back in England and and you're getting the opportunity to be around people who, who do this for their living is you know are, is there something like clicking in your head where you're like man I could I could do this professionally or or I want to do this professionally how did that all come about i guess or yeah what
1: were it's you a, it's a it's a surreal feeling honestly um i think a big takeaway for me was i trained with um i trained with the team uh, on the friday And they had a game on the Saturday. So I actually went to go watch. Um, And it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where I was, I was sat in the stands behind the goal, um, watching the, watching the goalkeeper for the first team. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is something where I can really, where I really want to try and strive and push. And this is the level that I want to achieve. And if not further
0: now knowing switching gears a bit here to um your recent success you recently just won the uh U sports national university championship with the cape breton capers i myself i'm from cape breton born and raised um you know take me through that process i think i read a stat where like you had like an absurd amount of clean sheets during your last three years in, in university and obviously i believe when you had a clean sheet in the finals the semifinals. Yeah. um just preparation wise just what went into that and it seems like you were a brick wall for the entire time that you were with CBU.
1: Yeah, I'd say last year was a really um, successful year, not only for myself but for the program at Cape Breton. Um, even during the regular season, you could tell that we had such a, a special group of of players and what I deem to be like my second family and teammates. We pretty we live together. Um, we're all in one residence, and we're all in this one little corner of the residence. So we're Very, uh, we're a very tight knit group. Um, and yeah, you could just tell that leading up to leading up towards the season, um, we obviously went to we had a pre season trip to England, so that was that was massive. Um, so that was a really good experience for the lads that um haven't really been abroad too much or been in that environment in England. We actually went back to Leicester, which was quite funny because i was remembering all these uh all these different areas that i was at training when i was on trial playing um, tour guide <laughs> yeah so, so that was that was quite funny um so yeah the preparation into the season was i think what really set us uh like from the rest in, in a sense um and yeah the uh the regular season went well um obviously had a uh, every team has their their ups and downs and we had many many ups um in that in that season and then we uh we led into AUS playoffs uh we won our semifinal game in the AUS playoffs, so our conference playoff and we won that quite comfortably i'd say and then we we went into the final and we uh we uh, had a bit of an upset we ended up losing out 2-0 uh, in the final which I think in a sense, looking back at it now is sort of a blessing in disguise. So we ended up losing that final. Um everyone then kind of had their doubts about us. They were asking questions of whether we could do this or not. Obviously, hosting the national final was a pretty big deal. Um, so yeah, we had our we had our doubters, but honestly, I genuinely think that losing that final um was the best possible outcome obviously we don't want it to happen but it was the best possible outcome in the long run for our team uh, we all kind of got this really bitter taste and we kind of really never wanted to feel that feeling ever again so that kind of just ignited a, a little spark in you could tell in everyone even even when we had our like next training session after the final you could just tell we had just taken it to a whole new level and then we uh actually in that uh playoff game we had three red cards which was absurd i've never i've never even played in a game let alone a, a playoff final and uh we had uh, and have a three red cards uh, in one game so that was it's pretty a derby. yeah that it's was like pretty uh, that was just that was just weird to be a part of um so leading into the uh national um quarterfinal, we were missing three key players so it took a lot of grit and a lot of uh, hard work in that quarterfinal we ended up going we ended up going up 2-0 and then uh, they they uh, we played against UQTR and they they came back we were taken to extra time in the quarterfinal uh, went through extra time went to penalties ended up winning penalties I ended up saving two which was just something I'll never forget it was just an unreal feeling Um, so then that kind of really helped push us on for the semi-final and final where we ended up getting three fresh legs, which was great. Um, and then you could just see that there was that growing confidence in everyone that, yeah, there was like a belief where after that quarter final, you could just tell that people were starting to believe, okay, yeah, you can really do it. And then came on the semi-final. We ended up winning one nil, kept a clean sheet, which was great. Um, and then in the final, uh, one nil again, uh, Kept another clean sheet in the final, which was uh, those two clean sheets uh, are a testament to my back line, especially back at school. They uh, worked so hard for me all year long and we uh, had a few unfortunate results in terms of uh, uh, the opposition scoring late equalizers in the regular season. So those last two games kind of capping it off with two clean sheets was just an amazing feeling for 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 them and the whole squad and and yeah we uh we kind of owed it to the community I felt at that point we had so many people at the at at the game for the final I think we ended up getting over 1,000 people in attendance so for a university game it was quite a big attendance Uh, so we kind of owed it to the community and we had alumni that had flown out that had won it in previous years in 2017 so they were there cheering us on throughout the whole thing and it was pretty special because we had our, we were able to have our families there as well, watching us and supporting. So I uh, ended up having my mom come out um, and she was there watching. She was by my side through, through everything. And yeah, it was a really special moment for her as well.
2: I, I was, I was just about to ask. So you win the national championships at home, as you said, you have this huge crowd, you're lifting the trophy. What, what is coach Dino Morley saying to you in that moment when you know, you guys have, have come from such a letdown uh, in the AUS playoffs to, to such a high winning the national championship at home.
1: You know, he's just, you could just tell he was filled with pride. And you you, you knew he, he believed in each and every single one of us since day one. And um we were, like I said, we were in England for our preseason. And um we... I remember being in this meeting and he was saying yes uh, he was saying so this is our path we're here in pre-season we're going to go through um our regular season and then we're going to lead up to AUS playoffs and then lead up to the very big event which we've been building up for all year long and you could just tell he knew deep down that we were always like just kind of destined to win so and I think he'd even acknowledge that um he felt a bit of relief and uh, weight lifted off of his shoulders after all the expectations um, and all the media that he had been been talking to. Um, so yeah, you could just tell he was he was just so proud in that moment of of everyone, and it was just a fantastic moment for for the whole coaching staff as well.
0: How important has Dino's approach been to your development as a player? He's someone that's been around in Cape Breton for forever. I, when I was around, when I was twelve years old. He used to coach me as well. Back yeah. when I was when I was playing as a youth, so he. Uh, it's amazing to see his career trajectory as well and the success he's right. had at the as a head coach at the university level. I'm sure he could probably coach at a CPL level eventually someday.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, in terms of uh, our relationship, it's a very a very strong one, a very good one, very open. We are in constant communication, um, which I feel is much needed um in terms of having in terms of having a good relationship with your head coach. Um ever since he brought me in uh since day one, um he's always had this belief in me. Um and yeah, so he he's not afraid to he's not afraid to tell me um if and when you're ready. Like I first came in my first year in Cape Breton wanted to immediately jump into the CPL environment, it was such a big opportunity. And I was, that's all I could really focus on at the time. And he was there to kind of settle me down and say, okay, you'll get there. Don't worry. It's just a matter of time for when it happens. So he told me my first year, okay, you're quite new, raw, fresh to the, to the league. Uh, I don't think you're ready in your, in my, uh, in your first year. And I kind of took that, I, I took it on, acknowledged it. And then I grew in terms of maturity uh, over the second year. He then told me, yeah, um, he believed that in my second year I was ready. Uh, obviously, uh, unfortunately, nothing came about. Um, but he's really just been pushing everything for me this year, which I owe so much to him for that. I really appreciate all the, all the work he's done behind the scenes for me and kind of just elevated me and putting me on this pedestal, which he necessarily doesn't need to do. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I owe a lot to him for that.
2: And, you know, it, uh, it, it's one of those things where it takes, it takes a community, right? You know, it's, it's your upbringing in England and your time at, uh, all those different clubs. And of course, uh, your time at CBU as well, which has made you the keeper you are today. Um, I wanted to go uh, to bring it back towards the CPL and the Wanderers a little bit. Um, the club put out the video of you getting picked uh, this year. And of course, that's a very uh, happy and emotional moment. Uh, kind of walk me through, you know, you're hanging out on winter break from my understanding and you're there with your family and you're watching the draft live. Like, did, did you know the Wanderers were going to pick you? Like what what's going through your head as, as you're there with you, your mom and your brothers and stuff?
1: Uh, so, yeah, I was I was luckily able to to make it home back in time for the draft. Um, I had a phone call with Patrice before the draft telling me, uh, OK, there was some interest. Um, but leading up to the draft, I had no idea what was going on. So at the time um, I saw my dad get out his phone and he started recording. So I was I kind of had a like a little suspicion that, OK, something's, something's going on here. Um, and yeah, so I had recording so I sat down on the sofa with my mum and dad um, and then we had a zoom call going on as well um, so I had my distant family back in England they were all on it so I had grandparents um, aunts and uncles um, they were all on it my uh, my younger brother was at school at the time so he uh, he asked for time out of class to be on the zoom call and and uh, watch the draft with my family and my youngest brother was also at, uh, at his elementary school um, and he watched it uh with his with his whole class um during their lunch break. So leading up to it, there was a lot of pressure and I had only really found out all this was going on five minutes before the draft. So at that point I was like, okay, like obviously you had the natural doubt starting to creep in, and there's a lot of people watching what well, if, well, if nothing happens. Uh, so my initial feeling when I uh when I saw my name was kind of relief and then just pure happiness. I think in the video, you can see my dad just grabs me straight away. Like him and I and my mom have been through this incredible 20 year journey of my football career. And they've literally done anything that I've, that I've asked in terms of equipment that I need, gloves, boots, shin pads, um, all the travel, all the miles that they've done, uh, taking me to training sessions and and games. It's, it's just been a really, incredible journey that i've had the privilege of spending it with them and so yeah it was a it was an emotional moment when when uh when that was uh when it was revealed that i was drafted so yeah it was a really special moment for for all of us
0: and and looking ahead to uh preseason training which begins in march i believe is that correct josh or both of you guys probably
2: have a I was going to say, I haven't got an official <laughs> schedule yet, but uh, my understanding is going to be in March.
0: So March. Okay. But, yeah. I, I was, I I was going somewhere. to
2: say, Dan probably knows better than
0: <laughs> I, I, do, <laughs> I, <after laughs> I said that. I was like, well, Josh is the Wanderers is inside. I'm like, Dan is going to be there. Um, yeah. So how are you gearing up to, uh, you know, just, just getting into that headspace and, you know, prepare yourself to begin consistently training in a professional environment come March?
1: Yeah, obviously I've got to kind of level myself out now. I've got to kind of get off off the hype train, I've not done anything yet. I've still got a long way to go in terms of where I wanna be in my career. Um, so it's been back to the grind almost while well, I've been home. I've been back in the gym and with a goalkeeper coach uh, over here and uh, our winter schedule in Cape Breton looks very good in terms of gym sessions and on pitch sessions. We're lucky We're lucky enough to have a dome so we can continue to, to play um, even even when the snow has fallen um so yeah it's kind of just time to for me it's kind of time to knuckle down and and kind of prove what i know i've got in terms of my uh overall uh abilities um and yeah i'm really i'm really looking forward to the opportunity and i've i've had conversations with jan the goalkeeper coach and he's been saying he's really looking forward to this he believes we've got a really strong group coming in uh into pre-season um so yeah uh honestly, I'm just really excited. I just want, I can't wait to get going, honestly.
2: Yeah. I I was just about to ask you if, uh, how how much you've been in communication with the Wanderer staff since you were drafted. I know for like returning players, they send them away with like an off season training of things they want them to work on or whatever else. What, what kind of, um, I guess, tools or advice or or even conversations are you having with them leading up to, uh, the start of camp?
1: Yeah. Um, the, First and foremost, the club itself and, and the staff have been so welcoming, um, which I've really appreciated. Um, I've been in contact with, like I said, Jan, Patrice, um, Matt Figan has, has reached out to me as well. Um, and that was all kind of a congratulations and okay, this is, this is what we kind of want and expect from you coming in. Um, I know we've got uh, a few meetings uh, with the whole team leading up uh i think it's in jan uh, end of jan so it's kind of like an introduction for myself with the with the team and then it's pretty much it sounds like it's straight to business with patrice it sounds like he's already on tactics already so that's that's brilliant in my eyes i i, I can't wait to get going
0: and, and just looking ahead obviously i'm gonna imagine your plans are to stick with the team throughout the duration of this season coming up but looking ahead a few years in the future best case
1: scenario where do you see yourself you never know. Um honestly anywhere. Um, I'm <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I'm literally I'm not opposed to anything, whether it's CPL, uh MLS, back home. Obviously, I have the goal of I wanna I wanna eventually in my career play back home. Um, so that's like my kind of end goal, whether that's in the championship league one, league two, any EFL, any any kind of league back home would be great. Um, because that's for me, that's like the pinpoint of of football. And obviously, I know it's growing in Canada and America, and that's superb. Um, but really, the pinpoint of football for me is back in Europe. So it would be it would be brilliant to kind of go back and play there at some point.
2: I, I uh, hesitated asking this off the hop, but uh, is there a club in particular that uh, you grew up supporting? Uh, you know, is your dad an Arsenal guy? Like what?
1: Milton Keynes Dons, baby. yeah actually yeah not quite though um i have uh followed mk dons when i was when i was home but i kind of stopped following him now um i've i've been pretty much born into uh being an aston villa fan oh damn so (laughs) it's a good time for you then yeah it's a very good time i'm very pleased right now sitting second in the tables not too not too shabby
0: uh i'm worried i'm curious about this are you uh let's say someday down the road are you eligible to to play for the the canadian men's national team or what are you, are you Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so right now i've got my permanent residency here which uh, which is needed and i think i think the rule is for me to um be part of the national team i would need my canadian citizenship so i would need to apply for a a dual citizenship which right. is kind of uh, the next steps for me um obviously it would be a phenomenal opportunity to represent Canada so why not have that dual citizenship right uh, so that's kind of yeah that's kind of the next steps in terms of that side of things in my life
0: no that would be exciting I mean uh, what what kind of goals do you have for this season coming up are you hoping to crack the starting 11 a, a few times it just obviously that's best case scenario I'm sure but any particular goals that you have in mind
1: yeah, I, I would really like to uh, crack the start in 11. Um, I know Jan played uh, pretty much every single second of last yeah, season. Every I second. He missed again. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. <laughs> and and that, that must have taken a toll on his body, even like playing all those minutes. He must have been carrying little injuries and stuff. So I'm sure they're wanting someone to kind of step up and, and help with that scenario. So, yeah, I think for me, I the ultimate goal is yeah crack the lineup, play a few games make my professional debut would be unreal um but as well as that is i i really kind of want to focus on um just overall development i think i've not even for me i don't i feel like i've not even scratched the surface of where i can possibly be in terms of my my abilities um so i think working with someone like jan who's been in and around the CPL environment, and he's he's had um, international caps as well for Trinidad. Um, I think just learning off of him will be phenomenal, and I think that would that would really help. And being in and around that kind of professional environment as well um, is just what I feel is what I need in terms of my next steps in my career and uh, and my uh, my overall ability. I feel like being in and around that professional environment will be good for me.
2: Yeah. Something that everyone who seems to come uh, to Halifax says is that the atmosphere at the Wanderers grounds is fantastic, right? It it yeah. feels like the pros versus, you know, even even though obviously having a collegiate career is, is incredible, you know, mm-hmm. it's just not the same crowds a lot of the time, yeah. unless it is that championship match. Have, have you had a chance to make it to the Wanderers grounds? So, you know, kind of scope it out a little bit or, uh, Yeah.
1: Um, I, uh, so I've been and watched a few games, and obviously the the fan base I think is, is with without a shadow of a doubt the best fan base in the CPL, um, in terms of just the just the raw passion that they have for the club and they just want the club to do so well, um, so that 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 in itself to just any player by like themselves is just a really attractive trait to have. So I think in terms of Halifax's community and their fan base. I think it only goes up from here and I think it's got a very bright future and that's that's one of the main things that I've been really excited for is just the connection between fans. Um, I think it's great. Um, I've been luckily enough so I uh, played in I think it was two years ago now. Uh, yeah. I was part of the under23s. so I've I've actually played on the ground and it's really uh it's a nice feeling being uh, playing back on grass again. Yeah, um, obviously it's kind to the body, which is which is nice. So it, the pitch is the pitch is great. It's just I feel like for me Halifax is just the best place to be.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, one one question I want to ask about when your teammates actually we uh, we gave the Cape Breton show a little bit earlier. I want to throw it over to Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, your teammates uh, Owen Shepard, got drafted first overall. Uh, can you tell us maybe a little bit of what uh, we could expect from him? I I wouldn't be surprised if he he uh, you know got a shot at. Uh, Valor's starting lineup so uh you know being his teammates is is there any little uh tricks or tips that you can tell uh, CPL fans about uh, Mr. Shepard
1: yeah I think for me personally I think he cracks a squad cracks a starting 11 straight away I think he's ready for that kind of environment um I've never seen such a fast player in my life he's honestly he's rapid he's the fastest player I've seen Um, So Valor fans can expect that he's lightning quick and he's got such a powerful shot and training with him is just a nightmare. Like you just don't know where he's, you just don't know where he's going to shoot. And it's so, it's such a hard shot. It's yeah. He's, he's got a really bright future ahead of him. I feel like, Um, and being with him, uh, like all this, all this way kind of. So him, like him and I both started in our first years at the same time Mm -hmm. um, where and I know he's, he'll probably hate me for saying this, but he didn't really have a successful start to his Cape Breton career. He was starting on the bench. Um, came on was a was a major impact for us actually um, at at uh, nationals for, in our first year. Ended up uh, scoring a, a late winner, which was great thing. Mm-hmm. You can just see the the development that he's had in terms of just his ability um, between uh, our first year and now. And yeah, like it's it, it's scary. Um, and that's only in a in a university environment and in like a he's played in I think League One and out in Calgary, um foothill. So I think he's got a long way. I think he's yeah, he's scratching the surface of like his true potential in uh, in the CPL. I think being in a pro environment at Valor will be good for him. Um, where I know they didn't have a very good season last year, and I think he's a very good um addition to the squad i think it's very very bright for the club and i think he'll do very well next year
2: and that, that's d- great to hear honestly because like valor valor needs attack they need goals so uh yeah. to, to, to add him uh you know that's a, that's a big get for their squad and I, i'm excited to see what he's able to do
0: yeah me as, as well um speaking back to uh one more thing touching on the you mentioned that uh you know there was about a thousand people that were in attendance for the, the finals match in, in Cape Breton that you really felt that support. Um you know being from there myself it would be a dream to see a, a CPL team eventually someday, you know, bless the the grounds of Cape uh, Sydney yeah. or anywhere in Cape Breton. But do you think that there's enough support and interest in the community there to, to to back a team the way that it's uh backed here in Halifax?
1: Yeah, I do think there's enough support in Cape Breton actually. Um in especially with I think, uh, Cape Breton soccer. So one of our, one of our coaches, um, in our, in, in our coaching staff, his is Ian King. Um, he's kind of, he's kind of running that and he's doing, uh, a very good job. Um, obviously I've, I feel, I feel for the kids cause in previous years, they may not have had like the, I don't know, adequate coaching or as best coaching that they can get. So I feel for, I feel for them in terms of their growth, uh, uh, and they're like, for their abilities in in football and stuff, but uh, Ian is doing a, a wonderful job now, and um, we got so much support from Cape Breton Soccer um to uh it, in our nationals, which is great, and you can just tell that there is just a big interest in football. Um, I think uh in and around the the university, we always have a a decent amount of uh fans come out, whether whether that be um, family members or I don't know students or just anyone that's really interested in the in the university um, in Cape Breton but I do think there is enough interest uh, out uh, out east that way um, for there to one day hopefully be a like a professional team obviously you know uh, I know the CPO is growing and I think it would do really well for for more teams kind of out east like like Halifax I feel like there could be a an addition out there somewhere I don't know whether where that would be but i think it would be a, a great idea for them to incorporate somewhere another another club out east somewhere
0: and after you guys won the championship what uh what did you guys do to celebrate did you go to the
1: capri oh no we uh <laughs> we stray away from the capri <laughs> good
2: smart man smart that was the correct answer
1: yeah
0: uh, <laughs> um anything else you got there josh or
2: no that's it boy
0: Anything uh, else you want to share with us Dan any any uh I, one one question I was actually going to I wanted to ask as well like back to just the amount of people that were there for that that final um you know how do you think that you would acclimatize to you know multiplying that by about five or six and and playing in front of you know a sold out crowd of you know 6400 people here at, at Wanderers grounds yeah. Would that uh fuel your your energy on the pitch would you be a bit nervous how do you think you would approach that
1: um obviously you'd have a few pre-game nerves but i think for me as soon as you step on the pitch yeah those kind of just fly out the window and i feel like for me i kind of thrive in those environments um so i can see myself playing even better in those high pressured environments um so yeah i think honestly for me uh uh, if if i get the chance to play at the wanderers grounds i think i would honestly just thrive in that environment i love I love the fans when they chant. It's it, it it's great because sometimes being a goalkeeper, you can get a little bored, especially when you're on like a dominant team. So just listening and like what I was doing at nationals was I was listening and chanting along with them as well. So that kind of keeps you engaged a little bit. Um, so yeah, mul- multiplying that by like five or six would uh, I th- just a dream. Yeah, I think I think I'd really thrive in that environment,
2: buddy. I think Patrice is gonna love you. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, that that's music to his ears.
0: Mm.
2: Perfect. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's about everything. Um, I was going to say, is is uh, there a platform that you're on social media, Dan, that that people can follow you at if they want to follow along? Is uh, you start off here with the Wanderers?
1: Yeah, uh, I've got Instagram. Um, so it's uh, underscore underscore uh, Daniel Clark, so just my full name. Mm. Uh, so relatively relatively simple
2: fantastic i'm sure wanderers fans will be sending you dms they just can't help themselves so uh, yeah yeah uh for myself of course you can always find me ash Wanderers notes on twitter and then the wanders notebook uh dot ca for my blog and last but not least mitchell
0: yeah i'll set up the the football uh x account here yeah you could follow me on twitter or x at uh And football talk that's c-a-n-f-u-t-b-o-l-t-a-l-k for all your canadian men's national team news and news about canadian soccer all around so appreciate everyone tuning in and uh catch you next time
2: thanks